Hey, BSN Denver listeners. We're really excited to tell you about some game-changing coffee. Strava Craft is the CBD-enriched coffee that has really changed lives. Their reviews are incredible. Make sure you check them out today. This CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS, and has helped decrease anxiety. You name it. CBD is all natural. It's also not psychoactive, and the coffee is rich and tasty. We could not recommend it anymore to our listeners. Check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use the promo code BSN2010 at checkout. That's promo code BSN2019 to get your StravaCraft coffee for 20% off and shipped straight to your door. Welcome in to the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by In We Go. Joined by a special guest, Mason Plumwood. I thought he was going to knock that ref out in LA. <laughs> Coaches will get testy with officials, but to run out onto the court and yeah. cut him off, yeah. I've never seen that before. You should have taken a charge on him. That <laughs> a special guest, Darrell Arthur. When did you first realize Nicole Jokic was good? He was in Philadelphia for Jameer's kind of like team bonding thing, and I knew it right away that he was going to be good. He was making great passes and good reads and stuff like that, and I said, this kid's going to be good. He's turned out to be a star. He has a great upside to him, and I know he'll be a Hall of Famer once he's done playing. And now, here's your hosts, Harrison Wind and Christian Clark. What's going on, guys? Welcome to a brand new BSN Nuggets podcast, Tuesday edition of the show. Harrison Wind here. Joined on today's show, Christian Clark is back. We are presented today, of course, by Total Beverage. Right now, for a limited time, Total Beverage has an exclusive deal for BSN listeners. You guys can get $10 off a $50 purchase or more on their website and app by using the promo code BSN10. So again, if you use the promo code BSN10, you can save $10 off a $50 purchase or more for all your parties. Have it delivered right to your door because Total Beverage makes it super convenient. They're now delivering all your favorite liquor, wine, beer, spirits, to anywhere in the North Metro area from Wheat Ridge to Erie. So make sure to check them out. Longtime sponsor of the BSN Nuggets podcast of the BSN Denver podcast network. And you guys can save $10 off a $50 purchase or more with that promo code BSN10 if you plug it in on their website or their app. Like I said, Christian Clark is back. We are recording on a Tuesday afternoon. The news just dropped here moments before we sat down that Isaiah Thomas upgraded to questionable. He could make his Nuggets debut in Denver's final game before the All-Star break. We'll give our thoughts about, like I said, what could be his first game in a Nuggets uniform in a few moments. But first, Christian, I got to get your thoughts on last night's game. Denver takes down the Miami Heat, a game I really thought they had to win. A strong defensive performance after three not-so-strong defensive performances to close out that road trip. A much-needed win based off how Denver played in those last three games away from home, coming back, getting rid of that losing streak, going in a good direction, heading into the All-Star break. What was one of your big takeaways from this win last night over Miami? Yeah, it was a game they had to win. Things were pretty rough there after that three-game slide that they were on, and this was a game that the Nuggets easily should have won it, and they did. They were 10-point favorites going into this game. Uh, Miami played at Golden State the night before on the second night of a back-to-back. They are coming off a a pretty tough result on on their end. A couple calls went against them late. So Denver should have rolled in this game, and they did. Um, 
I thought what was really interesting was one of the lineups Denver threw out there in the third quarter where it, it really cracked the game open. It was Monte Morris, Jamal Murray, Will Barton, Mason Plumley, and, and Nikola Jokic. Um, you know, I, I think anytime you're, you're putting three guys around Nikola Jokic who can pass, shoot, and dribble, uh, then you're set up for success. And once you have Mason Plumley in there next to him, you know, he can kind of provide some support on the defensive end. So I thought that was a killer lineup for Denver. It was really fun to watch those guys out there. It was. Three ball handlers out there who can play in the pick and roll, who can play Jokic ball, but also create a little for themselves. And Denver got a ton of good looks with that five out there. I think when that lineup was out there, they went something like 8 of 13 from the field. Uh, They killed it from three-point land, too. And they played really good defense as well. They were flying around. What do you think sparked that run? Because there's one play in my mind that kind of sparked that run with that group. Do you know which play I'm referring to? No, I don't. It's the Mason Plumlee block. I think it was on a uh, a dunk attempt by, I can't remember who it was by, but he blocked it out of bounds, let out this primal scream in the direction of the Nuggets bench. That play to me seemed to kind of turn the tide. That seemed to get Denver's defense into the game, as Michael Malone likes to say. Yeah, the Nuggets came out really flat in this game. I mean, they so turned it flat. over twice uh, on their first two possessions, and both times it was Murray trying to go to Jokic on the elbow, and... Jokic was so pissed. You could tell, like, he was raising his arms in the air. He was he was not having it. You know, Mason Plumlee, he, he just plays 100% every single night, and I don't know. Maybe, I guess that's kind of a cliche, and, and this is professional sports. You know, everybody should play hard, but it's so valuable for this Nuggets team, and I thought Mason Plumlee, you know, just by playing with so much energy, really energized everybody around him, too, like, Everyone started to match his energy level as the game wore on in this game. Well, he's the guy whose blocks, whose alley-oops, whose reverse dunks, maybe even his free throws, those are like emotional plays when he converts on them. That gets his teammates going, that gets the bench active, that gets the crowd engaged. He's the guy who can make one of those highlight real plays that kind of gets everybody on their feet. Oh, for sure, man. I mean, he was so fun to watch last night. Did a little bit of everything couple of killer blocks. The chemistry he's developed with Nikola Jokic is really impressive, too. I saw you making this point today. I mean, last year, we talked a lot about how clunky the Nuggets offense looked when those two shared the floor. Um, those issues are way in the past now. The Nuggets play great when those two guys are out there together. Yeah, it's an old narrative, an old storyline that a lot of people had pounded home over the last couple of seasons. But this season, the Nuggets have been so good when those two guys have shared the floor. After tonight, out of all two-man pairings this year that have played at least 300 minutes, the Nuggets have a 12-net rating when Mason Plumlee and Nikola Jokic share the floor. It's one of their best two-man combinations throughout the entire season, and I think both those guys deserve a lot of credit for learning how to play with one another. Both those guys are so gifted offensively and in different ways, right? Like Nikola Jokic is such the of the skilled playmaker type, the offensive guy, and Mason Plumlee, he's so athletic around the rim. He can really finish any lob, any alley oop. He's a really good roller, good screener. So it's funny those guys kind of bring different things to the table on the offensive end of the floor, and they figured out how to just make their games mesh. It seems like. Yeah, the Nuggets are such a funny team because you know we've seen a couple times this season. The 5-1 pick and roll where Nikola Jokic is the ball handler and Jamal Murray is the screener and roller to the rim. We also see 5-5 dribble handoffs and pick and rolls. It feels like Plumlee and Jokic are getting more comfortable 
you know, doing the handoff thing, the handoff dance with one another. It's hilarious to see. I mean, has there ever been a team where two centers are out there, like, handing it off to each other? No. There hasn't. Yeah, I, I mean. They might have run the first 5-5 five, five pick and roll ever. And they called <laughs> it last night out of a timeout. Nuggets were struggling to generate offense. Michael Mullen called a timeout, and he drew up a 5-5 Mason Plumlee, Nicole Jokic, DHO, that they scored off of. It was the timeout he took at the beginning of the game. They turned the ball over on their first two possessions. Michael Mullen's furious, storms out to half court, draws up a play. What does he draw up a 5-5 dribble handoff that the Nuggets score on? <laughs> I mean, they're, they're just a funky team. Uh, I mean, Nikola Jokic can pretty much play with anybody. Like, almost anybody is going to look pretty good next to him if you give him enough, enough time to figure his teammates' game out. He's Peyton I mean, Manning, yep. The only, the only guy I can come to mind who, who didn't look great playing next to Jokic was Emmanuel Moutier. And, you know, Emmanuel Moutier didn't really look good playing next to anybody. But, you know, Torrey Craig and Jokic, I feel like their chemistry is just kind of meh. Like, it would probably be better. They, they don't fit that great. But, I mean, is there anybody else that comes to mind? Jokic just fits in pretty well with everybody who's been in a Nuggets uniform. My theory all along is if you have a 50th percentile basketball IQ, you can play winning basketball with Nikola Jokic. You just have to be a smart basketball player that knows where to be on the court, that knows how to competently run a dribble handoff, who can move without the ball and and play off him and find him in his spots because he's going to find you. So if you're, like I said, a 50th percentile player in terms of basketball IQ, if you can shoot in the 30s from three-point range, you can play winning basketball alongside Nikola Jokic. Yeah, I mean, anybody with a couple marbles rattling around for a brain realizes what Jokic can do for your game. I think Will Barton is a smart basketball player. I think he's better than 50 percentile IQ, but you can, you can tell his game completely changes when he plays with Jokic. You know, when he was coming off the bench is kind of that bench score. You know, he could get he could take some questionable shots at times, but when he's out there with Jokic, those two guys are, are just dynamic together. I mean, Jokic, I th- or I'm sorry, Barton, I think is an underrated playmaker and he just knows that if you get Jokic the ball in the middle of the floor, especially on that roll, then it's just over for the defense. Mm-hmm. What have you thought about Will Barton and how he's looked here since he's come back from injury? I believe 15 games now since he's been back from that three month absence in my mind, he struggled, no doubt. He doesn't have the same burst, doesn't have the same first step, just hasn't been able to rediscover that rhythm yet. And I don't think that's that big of a surprise. I thought he'd look a little better than he has at this point in his return from that injury, but I still expected it to take months for him to reestablish that rhythm. So in that sense, I'm not surprised. Um, what are you seeing from him? Because in my opinion, he just doesn't really have that same burst that he had before the injury quite yet. No, I'm with you. I mean, you can see it on, on his drives to the rim. Will Barton is normally, you know, not only an explosive finisher, but he contorts his bodies in, yeah. in like weird ways. Um, you know, he's like good at jumping to the other side of the rim for like reverse layups and, and stuff like that. You're, you're just not seeing that pop. I mean, that that showed up especially in that Philly game on one of his drives to the rim, where man, he he just went up and, and got like a foot off the ground, and I, I think he expected to get two or something like that. Um, you know, I, I think the key for him while he's still getting comfortable physically is just trying not to do too much. Just just make the simple play. I thought he did that last night. I thought he made some really good passes when Denver ripped off that big run in the third quarter and mm-hmm. essentially put the game out of reach. But yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, the, the explosion doesn't look like 
the Will Barton we saw last year? My read on it is that he probably, and this is just me speculating, I doubt he really trusts the injury or, or trusts the part of his body that was injured. That's what it looks like to me. Just doesn't seem like he's really putting like his body on the line and maybe jumping and making the athletic plays that could potentially like flare up that area again. It just seems like that trust isn't there quite yet. And when you miss three months, I mean, I guess that is expected, but that's what it seems like to me. And this was the the first major injury of Barton's basketball career too, if I'm remembering correctly. I, I believe he said this was the first time he'd ever had surgery. Yeah. So this is a new thing for him, having to come back from something this significant. So he's just feeling his way out. Yeah. Hey, guys, we were just talking about this Heat game, and if you want more analysis, more reporting from the Nuggets locker room last night, we've got a lot of great stories up on bsndenver.com. I spoke with Paul Millsap about really the key to getting this Nuggets defense back on track, and that's a story you can only find on BSN Denver. If you want to read that, head on over to the website. Christian had a great write-up as well on the game that featured some quotes from Nuggets players who spoke their mind about Monte Morris uh, not getting the nod in the Rising Stars Challenge. He got, got absolutely snubbed there. Michael Malone had some thoughts on that. A lot of guys in the locker room spoke on that. And so you can read that in that article. And if you're still holding out on a BSN Denver subscription, this is a really great time to sign up. We've got a special promotion running for a limited time. You can you can get a one-year BSN Denver subscription for only $29.99. It's usually $35.99 a year. Buy using the promo code NUGGETS, real easy, all capitals, N-U-G-G-E-T-S when signing up. That new price comes out to just $2.50 a month. And we really need your help on this one, guys, because we've got a little competition going on at BSN Denver. Whichever sport can get the most fans signed up with their respective promo code, the Rockies have a promo code, the Avalanche have their specific promo code, we have our specific promo code, Nuggets. This part of the site which gets the most fans to sign up for this sale, everybody who signs up is going to get a free t-shirt from the BSN Denver locker. We got a lot of cool Nugget shirts on there right now. We got cool shirts from every sport. Uh, So help us out. And if enough of you sign up, everybody who signs up in this limited time will get a free t-shirt from the BSN Denver locker. So again, bsndenver.com backslash subscribe. If you want to read those articles and we'll have a lot of really good content coming up later this week possibly about an Isaiah Thomas return on Wednesday, hit up bsndenver.com backslash subscribe, type in that promo code nuggets and get a one-year subscription to BSN Denver for just $29.99. Of course, after games, you can also hear everything that we heard in the Nuggets locker room. We post uncut, unedited locker room audio from everybody we talked to after the game. So you guys can hear that as well with a subscription. We got a lot more to get to on today's show. Some more thoughts on this win over the Miami Heat. And also, Isaiah Thomas on the cusp of a return. He could be back in the lineup Wednesday against the Kings. We'll give our thoughts about what to expect when he does make a return. Maybe what some of the lineup combinations Mike Malone could throw out there are. And really what realistic expectations should be throughout the rest of the season for Isaiah Thomas and what he can bring to this team. We'll get to all that in a second, but first we got to hit a break. We'll be right back. 
If you're living in Colorado and you are craving some good old Southern barbecue, be sure to give Moe's Original Barbecue a try. My favorite thing about Moe's Original Barbecue is we are a Southern soul food revival. We make everything from scratch daily, house-made smoked meats, and customer service to the next level. That was Robbie Peoples, one of the managers over at Moe's Original Barbecue. And like he mentioned, they have incredible food, awesome customer service, and I think my favorite part is how cool the environment is in both of their locations. We have live music at Moe's at our south location, 3295 South Broadway, with so full PA system, ticket sales. Uh, we have national bands, we have local bands. If you're a local band interested in playing, feel free to contact us at moesdenver.com. We would love to have you come down and play for a big old party at Moe's Original Barbecue. Not only do they have live music, but they also have a bowling alley and a dozen TVs with all of your favorite games on. They have two locations, one in downtown Denver off Broadway and 6th, and of course the other one that Robbie mentioned in Inglewood. I would recommend some Moe's to someone because we cater to all needs a family-friendly atmosphere we have colorado beers on tap all the games on the tvs it will blow your mind with amazing barbecue welcome back to the bsn nuggets podcast presented by total beverage tuesday edition of the program isaiah thomas christian could be returning he could make his nuggets debut in denver's final game before the all-star break wednesday against sacramento Got a lot of thoughts on that. A lot of ideas about what lineup combinations that Michael Malone could throw out there with him. We'll get to that in a few moments. So I want to wrap up with some final thoughts on this game. Monte Morris had another stellar game for Denver. And it's just par for the course for the Nuggets second year point guard who really should be a rookie at this point. I mean, what he's been able to do this season has been incredible for a guy who played only 25 minutes last year. 17 points for Monte. A clean 7 of 11 from the field last night. Seven assists, zero turnovers. I mean, it really seems like this guy is still kind of scratching the surface of what he's capable of. You never really think of him as a guy with the ceiling of uh, a all-star, a, an all-NBA-level point guard. But, I mean, I guess you never know. It's still super early. Uh, but he keeps getting better, it seems like. That's the crazy part. Leads the NBA in assist-to-turnover ratio, um, shooting close to 44% from three on the year. I mean, I had a pretty good idea that, that Monte was going to be an excellent game manager. He was going to take care of the basketball. The numbers he put up at, at Iowa State you know, gave us a, a pretty good indication of that he was going to be good in that aspect of the game. I did not see this three-point shooting coming. I did not see him being so far along on the defensive end coming either uh, this quickly. I think Monte is already an above-average defender for his position. Um, you know, he does it at 175, 180 pounds. I've called him a bantamweight backup point guard before. I mean, this pretty light guy. Um, he's just such a smart defender. There aren't there aren't enough good things to say. I mean, this guy has played the third most total minutes on the second best team in the Western Conference. Yeah. I, I cannot believe that that Monte has played this big a role on this team. I mean, he's been, you know, I, I think what third or fourth most valuable player on this well, team overall for most of the season, really up until I'd say these last couple months back when we were having this discussion. I had him pegged as my third most valuable player on this team, and. A lot of people thought that was crazy at the time. Like, oh, what about what Jamal Murray's done? You know, what about what uh, Gary Harris has done? And, I mean, sure enough, we're here 
almost two-thirds of the way through the season, maybe even two-thirds, I'm not even quite sure. And I think pretty clearly Monte Morris has been the third most valuable player on this team and possibly even the second most valuable player on this <laughs> roster. Because when I had him third, I had Paul Millsap second. And that was back in, over the first couple months of the season when Paul Millsap, I thought, was playing at a defensive player of the year level when Denver's defense was top five. Obviously, Millsap's play, Denver's defense has fallen off since then. I mean, who on this team has been more valuable from game one to where we are right now than Monte Morris, other than Nikola Jokic? Um, it's not Gary Harris. Jamal Murray, probably. I don't think it's Jamal Murray. I think he's been more up and down than Monte Morris has. And, and the impact Monte has had on the bench unit, I think, is more significant than what Jamal's done this year. I think he's been Denver's second most valuable player from game one through now over the duration of the season. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe you could make a case for Mason Plumley too. Mason Plumley's been really good for this team. I might have Mason Plumley three. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's crazy to think about. And crazy to think about that Kevin Knox made the freaking Rising Stars game a, ahead of Monte Morris. Michael Malone went out of his way to, to basically say that was a travesty after the game last night. You know, we asked a bunch of different players in the locker room. I liked what Mason Plumley had to say, like, I didn't even get my I didn't finish my question. He goes, "It's unacceptable." <laughs> like Mason Plumlee is the number one Monte Morris fan. Well, yeah, I, I love mean, it. When man. you get that many uh, lobs from him at the rim, I'd be a big fan of his too. Yeah, like Mason Plumlee has had nothing but glowing things to say about Monte Morris this season, and deservedly so. Uh, I mean, part of part of Mason's success, like you just said, I, I think it had, definitely has to do with Monte. Michael Malone's right, and Mason Plumley's right, and a lot of other guys in the locker room who were asked that question last night are correct. It's a travesty that he's not in the Rising Stars game. I said this on Monday's show, and I'm sure if any Jazz fan listens to this, I'll get hate mail, maybe some death threats. But what was the bigger snub? Monte Morris in the Rising Stars game or Rudy Gobert in the All-Star game? I don't know. Just asking. But there's no way Monte Morris should not have been in this game. When Lonzo Ball went out, like from my understanding, the Nuggets were in contact with the league office trying to plead the case, give the league office Monte Morris's resume, which on paper, not on paper, advanced stats, counting numbers, whatever item you want to look at blows Kevin Knox's case and any other rookie or sophomore's case out of the water. And he's doing it for a winning team too. Like Monte Morris is playing 20 five-plus minutes a game night now over the last few months of the season on the second-best team in the West. Now, Kevin Knox is doing it for the worst team in the league. Tell me what's more valuable. Just imagine if, if Monte played for the New York Knicks. I mean, Monte is not only a great player, he's got that charisma, too. I mean, I feel like not that many people know about his personality. Like, if Monte played in New York, people would probably be asking, like, is he as good as Donovan Mitchell or something like if that? If Monte Morris was playing in New York, he'd be a recruiting chip for Kevin Durant. <laughs> Frank Isola would be saying, Mark Berman would be saying, man, if Kevin Durant comes here, he can play with Monte Morris. He's a perfect point guard to play with Kevin Durant. We'd be hearing that. I would read every single Berman of the Post column if, if Monte Morris was playing in New York. Like, there would never be any more glowing language. Like, if you think Mason Plumlee speaks glowing about Monte Morris, if you played in New York, Mark Berman would lose his freaking mind. Monte Morris would be the second best player in the Lakers. Ooh. Am I with? wrong? Uh, no, I don't think you are. He's better than Brandon Ingram. 
He's better than Kuz, probably. He's better than Kyle Kuzma. He's, he adds more to the game than Kyle Kuzma. He, he's a more versatile player. He he's, helps to win more basketball games than Kyle Kuzma does. He's the second best player on the Lakers. If he was in L.A., man, I'm not even sure if the Lakers would give him up for Anthony Davis. I'm kidding. I'm kidding, of course. <laughs> but that's probably the conversation some Lakers fans would be having about Monte Morris if he was in purple and gold. Yep. The Nuggets need to sign him to a 10-year deal right now. <laughs> I've, I've said that all along. That is definitely allowed under the CBA. I checked this morning. Give him that Magic Johnson 25-year deal. <laughs> yeah, give him, a, give him like a little piece of the franchise right now. Yeah. I'm glad that group in the third quarter, and I think it was – the Mason Plumley that was the catalyst, but that group in the third quarter looked great and they changed the whole energy of the game. I want to go back to the first half because the vibe of this team right now is a team that's a little moody, I think, a team that's tempers are running a little short, a team that can see the all-star break less than a week away and really wants to get down to South Beach, uh, a, a team that is just a little pissed off and irritated right now. And I feel, I think that's what we saw in the first half. Nicole Jokic has seemed a little uptight for the last few days. Same with a lot of guys on this roster. Like Malik Beasley scores, how many points did he score last night? Goes for 23. Just wasn't really in the mood to talk about it after the game. This team just seems like they're a little irritated and just needs to get to the all-star break right now. Yeah, I mean, I totally get that vibe too. For a couple of days now, Jokic has been pretty short, which is fine. I'm a little bit worried when, when he comes back. He's not really going to get any time off. Yeah. He's just going to get put through the media ringer in Charlotte. He's competing in the skills challenge. He's competing in, in the big game. Give Nikola Jokic a little break for media, please, for our sakes. It's funny because everybody in this league is pissed right now. Kevin Durant's pissed at the media for saying what he's going to do in a few months, go sign with the Knicks. I saw somebody tweet, being happy is the new market inefficiency. <laughs> Anthony Davis is just like sitting on the bench in a close game in the fourth quarter in New Orleans while he's getting booed by his home crowd. Uh, LeBron is like making a point not to sit next to anybody on the Lakers bench when he's out of the game. There has to be two or three seats between him and uh, Brandon Ingram on the Lakers bench. Everybody's pissed off right now, man. You know who's happy? Giannis. Giannis. <laughs> yeah. Giannis just uh, drinking smoothies and throwing down <laughs> fadeaway dunks on people. Yeah, getting those little digs in at LeBron on live TV, too. Even the Nuggets, who are probably having the most fun out of any team this year, maybe not name the Bucks. they kind of need the all-star break, too. It's just the vibe I'm getting around these guys right now. It's been a long year. They've been banged up for the entire season. They're thin. The injuries are catching up a little to them right now. And, yeah, they just got to get to the all-star break. What do you think about Kevin Durant to the Knicks? One, do you think that's going to happen? And, two, what percentage chance do you think it works out, like, in Kevin Durant's favor? Oh, it's happening. Unless Kevin Durant, as I believe the great Dragonfly Jones tweeted, just goes back to the Warriors to spite Ethan Sherwood Strauss. <laughs> I mean, I, I think that's like a 90% chance it's happening, man. I, I feel like it's almost a lock. Um, Kevin Durant has never seemed like just that professionally fulfilled since he went to Golden State, even though you know he has had tremendous performances in the finals, even though he's won two rings. I mean... 
he's only going to get so much credit for, for joining a team that, that won 73 games the season before he arrived. And mm-hmm. did he not realize that before he went there, that this was always how it was going to be? Well, it's Steph Curry's team. And if it's not Steph Curry's team, it's Draymond's team. And if it's not Draymond's team, it's Clay's team. If it's not Clay's team, it's Steve Kerr's team. If it's yeah. not Steve Kerr's team, it's like Bob Myers' team. Like it's never going to be Kevin Durant's team. He's never going to get that love from the fans. And I, I feel like that's a little bit of what he wanted to. Yeah. And, I mean, it almost feels like an open secret. Like everybody in the Bay seems to know that, that this mm-hmm. thing is happening. Um, Rich Kleinman, you know, Kevin Durant's manager slash agent slash advisor. Has, slash best friend. Yeah. Deep ties to the Knicks. I mean, there are rumors that he might join what the Knicks his, front office. What are his deep ties to the Knicks exactly? I guess deep that ties he's, to New York. That he's from New York and he once tweeted that he wants to run the Knicks one day. Those are his deep ties. Yeah, I guess those aren't deep ties. Those are like shallow ties. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. I put the chances of that working out at 20% for Kevin Durant. I think he's definitely going there, but I just don't see it ending well. First off, the East is really good now at least the top of the East is. It's not like Kevin Durant can just go there and say, all right, I'm here. If we get one more max player, we're just going to be at the top of the Eastern Conference. The East is good now. You've got the Raptors. you got the Bucks, you got the Celtics. you got a lot of quality teams up there. you got the 76ers who seem like they're going to be really good for a while. So it's going to be tough to win there. And I just don't really see a lot of scenarios where he's happy. Oh, man. Yeah. I'm I'm curious to see who who that second star is. I mean, I know Kyrie Irving is saying a lot of weird stuff lately, but I'll believe it when I see it. If he leaves the Celtics, it's that's just such a good situation. And I don't I know Kyrie's a weird dude, but I'm I'm really curious who who they're able to to put next to Kevin Durant there. And you know, ownership is a huge deal in professional sports. Like it's it's just hard to succeed if you've got bad ownership. Like I don't really trust James Dolan to like not meddle if things, you know, start off poorly or just do something stupid. Yeah, he'll be meddling big time, I can guarantee you. So, yeah, Denver's got their last game before the All-Star break, Wednesday against the Kings. This team just seems to be in a little bit of a mood right now. A great win against Sacramento, or not Sacramento, against Miami, no doubt. They needed that one. They should have blew the heat out, and I think they, they won appropriately at the end. But the mood of the team is definitely defined, I think, by your star player. Like you said, it always goes from the top down. And it, when Nicole Jokic is a little irritated, I think that rubs off on any, everybody else. But it's that time of the year where right up against the All-Star break, it's got one more game, and Isaiah Thomas could be back for this one game. So we'll discuss what his return could mean for this team on the other side of this break. We'll be right back. Hey, BSN fans, your favorite Colorado sports network has partnered with your favorite Colorado beer, and we're giving them away for free. But in true BSN fashion, we're not letting you go to some major chain for it. We want you to go to your local neighborhood bar and support a real Colorado business. That's why we've created the bar page where any BSN subscriber can go in and get a free beer whenever they want. Just go to bsnbars.com and you can get one free Coors Banquet at any bar on that list. All you have to do is show the bartender the VIP image on that page in your browser and you can retrieve a free Coors Banquet beer at any of those bars. There are over 20 bars there. You're sure to find one close to you. It's bsnbars.com. Find a bar and get a free Coors Banquet on the house. Thanks for listening to the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Welcome back to the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by Total Beverage. 
We got a lot to talk about with Isaiah Thomas potentially making his return tomorrow. We also got one question to get to from the Total Beverage Fan Hotline that will hit at the end of the show. Want to remind you guys if you got a question for the show, 1 800 BSN 8394 is the easiest way to get on the program. If you've never called the Total Beverage Fan Hotline before, all it is is an answering machine. So just leave your name, leave where you're calling from, and leave a question for us, and we'll play it and give you our reaction. Again, 1 800 BSN 8394. 1 800 BSN 8394. Also, want to remind you guys about the special deal we're running on bsndenver.com for subscriptions. For a limited time, you can get a one-year sub for $29.99. It comes out to $2.50 a month. Usually, it's around 36 bucks a year. How you get that, go to bsndenver.com backslash subscribe. Put in the promo code NUGGETS. And if more Nuggets fans sign up for this special deal than Rockies or Broncos or Avalanche fans, all you guys who sign up are going to get a free t-shirt from the BSN Denver Locker. We've got awesome t-shirts there. For the Nuggets, we got a Nicole Jokic t-shirt. We've got a Rainbow Skyline t-shirt as well. Also, Rocky shirts, Avalanche shirts, Bronco shirts as well. So take advantage of that deal while it's still around. All right, let's get on to the big news that broke here right before we started recording. Isaiah Thomas upgraded to questionable for the first time all season. Of course, he had the surgery on his hip. The end of March 2018, he's been sidelined for pretty much an entire year here. Denver signed him in the offseason. It's obviously taken longer for him to get back than many expected. But here we are. He could make his Nuggets debut Wednesday against the Kings. I mean, what are your initial thoughts here? Do you think he'll play? And I mean, what's it going to be like having this guy out there being inserted into this rotation? Well, first off, I'm just pumped for IT that yeah, he's finally that, back at this point. point where, you know, he can play in an NBA game again. It's been 10 and a half months, nearly 11 months since he's played in an NBA game. I can't think of a, a player in recent memory who's been, been dealt a tougher hand. I mean, this guy is a freaking warrior going out there in a bum hip in the playoffs to try to help the Celtics win. Five foot nine, averaged 29 points per game in a season, two seasons ago. Unbelievable. I, Isaiah Thomas, I mean... I just admire the guy, first of all, so I'm excited to see him back out there. Um, That's a good point, though, before you go any further. Regardless of what he brings to the court, regardless of what his skill level is, you know he's going to bring the intangibles, like you kind of touched on. The will to win, the chemistry that he's had around this team all year, and, and I wrote a big feature on Isaiah Thomas that I had been gathering stuff for for the last few months just about the impact he's had behind the scenes. That story is on bsndenver.com. But the competitiveness, the fire, the spirit, you know, he's going to have those things regardless of what his skill set's going to be. Yeah, I mean, for sure the the I guess they don't call it Mr. Anonymous in in basketball. That's only for football, right? Yeah. Is it Mr. Irrelevant? It's Mr. Relevant. Okay. Yeah. I don't know why I said Mr. Anonymous. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. There's not Mr. Irrelevant in the NBA, but Isaiah Thomas was the last pick in the draft. Right. Um <laughs> so yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, he's a dog. Um, I would expect him to play in this game. It, it kind of follows the Nuggets pattern of, of guys being out and out and out, and then all of a sudden they're questionable the day before the game, and, and usually they're declared, declared good to go on the day of the game. So, yeah, I'm expecting him to play, I don't know, maybe 7 to, to 12 minutes, not very much at all. Like, if it's above 15, I would be very, very surprised. Same, because the... 
toughest thing that these guys have to deal with who have been out for so long. Sometimes it's not even about the feel for the game or your skill level. It's just about your wind. We saw that with Jared Vanderbilt, how tired he was after what one or two trips up the floor in his (laughs) NBA debut. He was hands on knees gasping for air. So, I mean, however much, however good shape Isaiah Thomas is trying to stay in, it's going to be tough for him to just be in basketball shape. So, I would expect the same thing. I would expect him to play and to maybe play around 10 minutes, obviously depending on how the game goes. If Denver blows out the Kings, you get him in there for more. Uh, but maybe about 10 minutes would, would be a, a good minute allotment for him. I expect Denver to keep the same starting lineup. Gary Harris won't play in this game. So you throw Jamal Murray out there with Malik Beasley and Will Barton, your starting backcourt. And I know it seems like it's going to be tough to play Monte Morris and Isaiah Thomas together, but you know maybe you play Isaiah Thomas in a bench group with Jamal Murray and Will Barton. Maybe you play him in a bench group with Malik Beasley and Will Barton. I feel like Michael Malone will mix and match things. I'm not sure he even knows what he's going to do. You know, we've tried to pepper him with questions about how he's going to adjust his rotation when all these guys get back. And from what I can tell, it's just kind of going to be a morning of like, all right, he's back. How are we going to do this? Yeah. Paul Millsap was asked about just all the talented guards in this roster. And he was like, that's a coach question, but I'm glad I'm not coach. (laughs) These are some really, really tough decisions to make. You know, I don't know if, if it and Monte can play together. I don't know if you can just throw out two guards who are like a buck 75 and them survive in the defensive end. Um, I think IT can play with Jamal Murray. He definitely can play with Gary Harris and, and Malik Beasley. Maybe you see uh, some three-guard lineups where Malik Beasley is moving over to small forward, I guess. Um, you know That could be one way to, to find some minutes. But, yeah, man, it's, it's just going to be really tough because there are, are five good, accomplished guards on this roster, Jamal Murray, Monte, IT, Gary Harris, and Malik Beasley. And, you know, it's just going to be – Really difficult to find room for all those guys. Decent timing with Isaiah Thomas coming back now with Gary sidelined. I mean, where will the minutes be for all those guys when Gary Harris gets healthy? If everybody gets healthy at the same time, I have no idea. Um, I alluded to this a second ago, and what I really found when reporting on the impact that Isaiah Thomas has had behind the scenes here, I think what the conclusion I've come to is I feel like he can give this team a little jolt of energy. And I mentioned a few minutes ago how these guys seem a little tired, a little off, a little irritated. They're just looking to get to the all-star break. I feel like Isaiah Thomas can come in here and really, regardless of what he does on the court, rejuvenate this group a little bit in a similar way to when Nick Young came here. And I know that's going back a ways, but he injected this team with a little bit of energy, with a little bit of spirit when he was here for that two-week period. And in Golden State, that group had been kind of dragging. They looked like they got bored a little bit. And then DeMarcus Cousins came in and livened up the mood, really injected some energy into that team. And I'm not saying Isaiah Thomas is going to have that same impact that DeMarcus Cousins had in Golden State, but I could see the team kind of responding to his return in a similar way, having a little more pep in their step, having a little more excitement, a little more energy over these next couple of games. Yeah, never forget Nick Young comparing himself to Elvis Presley after he scored seven points in a game. Right. Yeah, 
Nick Young is a legend for that. I mean, spent two weeks here and managed to compare himself to Elvis. I, I really appreciated that. I know what you're saying, though. Um, I could kind of see this team rallying around IT, making his return in some ways, him giving the team an emotional lift. Um, you know, I would, I would expect everybody to just kind of come back feeling a little bit better after some time off of the All-Star break, too. But I can see where you're coming from. Um, I mean, IT is very well liked within the Nuggets locker room. That's clear. Uh, you know, everybody goes out of their way to say, you know, that he's a pretty funny guy, that he's a gregarious guy, that they're willing to, to listen to what he's he has to say because he's such a battle-tested player. Like, every player in that locker room respects IT. Mm-hmm. And I will say, I think you could only, you know, say so much when you're not playing. Like, there's only so much, I guess, you know, leadership – that can be done when, when you're sitting there in street clothes. Like, you got to lead by example at some point, too. The funny thing about Isaiah Thomas is the Nuggets will be in film sessions, and he'll call out his teammates, you know? Somebody will make a turnover. Somebody will mess up a defensive assignment. And how Mike Malone likes to run those film sessions is he'll ask for the guys who are on the floor, you know, what they were seeing when a particular play developed. And Isaiah Thomas, he's always got something to say from what players told me, from what Monte Morris told me, from what Malik Beasley told me. And he's not afraid to call guys out behind the scenes. He showers them with praise when appropriate, but also is not afraid to call guys out for mistakes. And like you said, that's tough when you've been in street clothes the whole year. But I think his ability to do that and how the rest of his teammates respect when he does that, that just speaks to the clout and the respect and the rep he has in this Nuggets locker room right now because the guys on this team, they don't think of Isaiah Thomas as the guy who was the replacement level player in Los Angeles and Cleveland last year. They think of Isaiah Thomas still as the MVP candidate that led the Boston Celtics to the Eastern Conference Finals two years ago. That's how he's viewed in this locker room. IT is also like just one of the most popular players in the entire league. Right. Like guys from the other team, almost every game are coming over to the Nuggets bench right before tip and just dapping him up. It mm-hmm. happened again last night in that heat game. I believe Dwayne Wade came over and said, what's up? Yeah. Well, uh, that's another thing. He's on the end of the Nuggets bench. He knows so many guys in the league. He's pretty much trash talking throughout the entire game. <laughs> I wrote in my feature on him, again, that you can find on bsndenver.com. There's a lot of good stuff in there. Michael Porter and Jared Vanderbilt had gotten a crash course on NBA trash talk just from <laughs> sitting next to Isaiah Thomas this year. <laughs> yeah, whenever I see IT and Michael Porter Jr., I always just wonder, like, what are they talking about right now? <laughs> What could they possibly have in common other yeah. than just hooping? <laughs> yeah, uh, pretty funny pair. Uh both from Seattle or spent some time in Seattle, but yeah, very different stories. Um, Monte is going to be like Isaiah Thomas in like 10 years mm-hmm. where like everybody in the entire league is coming up and just dapping him up before the game. He's already like that in some ways. The impact Isaiah has had behind the scenes, it just, we could go on and on and on about it. And it really shows up, I think at the end of the bench and he's always sitting next to, like I said, one of the rookies, a Michael Porter Jr. or Jared Vanderbilt. He's, sat next to a Malik Beasley, a Monte Morris a lot this year. And what those guys told me about his impact is just, you know, throughout an entire game, if they're sitting next to him, he's calling out pick and roll coverages. He's telling Malik Beasley and Monte Morris how they should defend this certain type of action, how Denver should alter 
their offensive and defensive game plans throughout the game. He's pretty much like another assistant coach that's been on Denver's bench all year. And before Michael Malone addresses the team in a huddle, you know, as soon as Denver calls a timeout, Malone and his assistants usually go out to like midcourt or around the foul line, talk about what they're going to talk to their players about, and then come back in the huddle maybe 30 seconds later. While they're doing that, a lot of times Isaiah Thomas is addressing the team. And so he's just had this unbelievable impact behind the scenes. And I think it's been a huge positive, really, regardless of what he's been able to give this team throughout the rest of the season. What he's done already, I think, will just outweigh that. So we talked about the intangibles. What do you think, you know, as far as production, what what are you realistically expecting from IT this year? Or I guess the rest of the season. I'm expecting a guy who is going to come off the bench for Denver, be an instant offense guy who's going to get a lot of shots up. I don't know if he's going to score efficiently, but I think he's going to score. He's going to operate a lot out of the pick and roll. And I think he can bring some on-court leadership to this team. Yeah, I mean, ever since IT came here, um, all, all the rhetoric has been about, look, we're going we're gonna to slow play this thing with him coming back, like, Bring him in on the, in this one-year deal is not only a chance for him to like kind of prove that that he can be a player once again, but this move is about April. Like the Nuggets and it both said, like you know he's a guy who could potentially swing a playoff series for you. Uh, but I I don't know what what it is going to be able to do the, the rest of the regular season. To to be honest with you, I, I'm not like terribly optimistic that he's going to be that productive of a player just because he's missed so much time, man. It's just hard to miss ten and a half, eleven months and come back and be a winning player in this league, especially when, when you're so undersized. But, like, even if IT swings one playoff game or two playoff games or, or something like that in the first round, then I think all of this would be worth it. For sure. I think if he doesn't play in a game, it's already been worth it, you know? Yeah, I mean, he's on a minimum deal. Right. And the impact he's made behind the scenes. But, yeah, I mean, the odds are stacked against him, right? The odds are stacked against him because he hasn't played basketball in an NBA game in 11 months. He's coming off a really difficult injury to come back from. It's been a long rehab process. It's been mentally challenging for him being away from the game for this long. And you can tell from his tweets, from his social media activity, how much being away from the game is eaten at him. He's restless. He just wants to hoop, man. It's, I mean, imagine like if, you're in a band and you play guitar and for a year you can't play guitar. You know, imagine if what you do every day was just taken away from you for a year, right? That's how Isaiah Thomas has been for the last year. The odds are totally stacked against him, but I'm not going to be a guy to count Isaiah Thomas out because of that since the odds have been really stacked against him for his entire life. So for that reason, you know, I'm not going to count him out, but I agree with you, man. It's it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for him to come back after not playing competitive basketball for 11 months and be the guy he was in Boston. You know, if he's fully healthy, man, he's going to help this team out a ton. If he is Boston Isaiah Thomas, I mean, he is going to bring a whole new dynamic to this team. A playoff-tested veteran who can make big shots, who's unbelievable out of the pick and roll people forget he was one of the most feared lead guards in the league in Boston when he was healthy so if he can get back to that 
man, he is going to have a huge impact on this team. But it's tough throwing out a really defined projection of what he's going to do because we just don't know what he's going to look like, really. Yeah, and, you know, historically it just hasn't been smart to bet on Isaiah Thomas. He's made a, a lot of people look dumb. That's what I'm saying. That makes me a little nervous for doubting Isaiah Thomas. Yeah, so, so that's why I'm saying I'm not willing to, you know, rule anything out with him, but it, it's going to be tough. The cards are stacked against him, but they've been stacked against him his whole career. It would be a heck of a story, though. What a story it would be if he's able to get back to full health and lead the Nuggets on some type of playoff run. So I think to get back to where we started this segment, probably expect him to play, I don't know, 10 minutes or so in this game. Gradually, maybe get his minutes ramped up a little more. You know, I can't see him playing. I actually don't even want to put a cap on it. I'm not going to throw erroneous predictions out there and speculative predictions out there because I got to see him play first. Yeah, and hopefully he doesn't have to guard De'Aaron Fox because that would kind of have to guard the fastest player in the NBA when you haven't played in 10 and a half yeah. months. So it should be a really cool night at Pep Center Wednesday if he does make his debut. I'm sure the Nuggets will ramp up his minutes really slowly and carefully, get his feet wet prior to the All-Star break, and then you know have him come back here after the All-Star break and continue to ramp those minutes up. In terms of who he's playing with, I think – initially, Michael Mullen will just try to find minutes for him here and there. Maybe some of those come with Monte Morris. Maybe some come with Jamal Murray. I just think it's just going to be about getting him out there in advantageous situations for him and just finding those spot minutes. And then once you get his minutes really ramped up, you can start sorting out lineups and whatnot and, and you'll see how he's playing then. Before we get out of here, I want to hit one question from the Total Beverage Fan Hotline. Let's go there right now. What's up, guys? This is Chris from Dillon, Colorado. Uh, big fan of the show. Uh, first time, long time. Uh, my question is, it seems like the Murray-Jokic pick and roll in the fourth quarter has kind of gone away. I feel like they were closing a lot of games with that earlier in the season. It was really effective, kind of like stop it, you know, make the other teams stop it. And just keep running it if they can. Um have teams, my, I guess my question is, have teams figured out how to stop it, or are they just running it less? Uh, anyways, keep doing your thing. Enjoy the pod. Uh, go Nuggets. Thanks for the question, Chris. It's funny, I went back and watched the end of the 76ers game before we started recording, after I heard your question. Because my first hypothesis was like, maybe they're running a little bit less. And obviously, it's been their go-to play at the end of games. But I really felt like in that Philly game, after watching it again, they ran it a lot, especially in that fourth quarter late in that game. But the 76ers just stopped it. They stopped Jokic. They stopped Murray. I did think Murray forced the action uh, maybe a little too often, just kind of forced the shot. But Philly did a really good job stopping it, I thought. And so I don't know if they're running it less. I don't think so. It's still their money play at the end of games. But... When you're going against a really good defensive team, yeah, they'll have scouted it. They'll be ready for it. And I think that might be just what they ran into against Philly. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with what you're saying there. I mean, Philly is just super long. Oh, yeah. Like, they they can throw out, you know, some of the biggest lineups in the league. Uh, you know, Tobias Harris, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, and, and Jimmy Butler. That's just insane length, quickness, versatility, switchability. 
out there on the floor together. So, it, it, I mean, it's just going to be difficult to, to get into your normal actions when, when you're playing against those guys. You know, I, I do wonder um, a little bit about the Nuggets, you know, as, as they start making playoff runs and stuff like that. They're a pretty small team. They're they're not like a terribly athletic team. I mean, I would say they get by more on skill than athleticism. I wonder what would happen if, like, they played OKC in a playoff series this year. And, you know, OKC is just physically um, a lot more intimidating than them. You know, would that, that length and that quickness bother Denver, like, you know, just stopping that, that Murray-Jokic pick-and-roll, for example. Yeah, the length is something Denver's always struggled against. They don't have the longest backcourt in the world. Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, both what? 6'3", six, 6'4", six, probably topping out there. Their small forward, Will Barton, is what? 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. And then you know, Paul Millsap doesn't have a ton of length at the forward, but you know he's solid for the position. So length has always been a thing that has hurt Denver in the past. So yeah, I agree with you. It will be fascinating to see if they can overcome that in a playoff series. But that's still their money action. They still run it a ton late in games, especially in close games. I would anticipate, you know, they stick with that moving forward. Thanks for the question, Chris. Again, if you guys have questions for the show, 1-800-BSN-8394, 1-800-BSN-8394. I think that's all the time we got for today. Thanks for listening. If you got a second, Head on over to iTunes real quick. It takes literally five seconds. Drop us a five-star review if you haven't. We really appreciate it. And that lets us know uh, that you guys are liking the work we're putting out here on the BSN Nuggets podcast. Five podcasts a week. We'll be back with another episode following this Kings game on Wednesday. Talk to you then. The biggest benefits of CBD are our cognitive, our neuroprotection, neuroregeneration, anti-inflammatory, and then a lot of the most common situations that, that people are taking it are for pain. That is Arthur Jaffe, a former CU Buffs football player and founder of Elixinol, a Colorado-based company focused on providing the highest quality of CBD oil and hemp extracts in the world. Like Arthur mentioned earlier, CBD has significant medical benefits and isn't limited to just athletes. Everyone can take it, from adults and children to even your dog. I wished I would have learned about it or that it would have been more prominent at a younger age to potentially have, have given my father a, a significant opportunity to fight prostate cancer, which ultimately took his life when I was 13. You know, I really think that it would have helped him. Arthur and the folks over at Elixinol's mission is to educate, inspire, and empower others to live naturally healthy, happy lives. To learn more and join the CBD conversation, check out elixinol.com.